you deserve a vacation to somewhere, anywhere. On Booking.com, you can choose from thousands of unique stays across the U.S., from hotels of all sizes to beach houses, wooden cabins, and tiny homes. Whatever type of trip you want to take, whether it's laying on the beach, camping in nature, taking a city trip, or even going skiing, go to Booking.com to find the perfect place to stay on your next trip. Booking.com. Booking.yeah. This episode is brought to you by Apex Legends Revelry. Hi friends, I'm Pathfinder, a legend of the Apex games. Would you like to be a legend just like me? I bet. Drop into an action-packed blood sport like Team Deathmatch. Or try a brand new weapon to annihilate your enemies. There's never been a better time to join me and play Apex Legends. Or don't join me and let me kill you in the ring. Fun! Drop into Apex Legends Revelry and let's get legendary, friend. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Okay, welcome in. What's going on, guys? Garden Report. It's late. It's my twin's birthday. You yeah. Guys are, you guys are all hammered. Um, <laughs> I had one beer, John. Just one. one. Not you, the, the viewers. Uh, stumbling home after your night of amateur hour drinking. Um, here to at least... So- <laughs> At least, <laughs> at least celebrate a win with us, which is nice. Um, you know, what have we learned, Bobby? The Celtics can beat Portland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? Hopefully they see Portland. If in you the see NBA Portland finals. every game the rest of the way, the Celtics are in good shape. Um, another just no resistance game, you know, uh, from Portland. It's just, they stink. Man, do that, does it, it has to feel great to play them. There's nothing down low. There's ah, no Nurkic. But he's hurt. He's, he's hurt. Hurting. There's no defensive resistance whatsoever. You can just get where you want to go and do what you want to do, and that's what the Celtics did And their wings sat out tonight, so it got even easier. Exactly. Uh, so there really wasn't much of a challenge, but again, you're supposed to win it, uh, and that's what they did, um, and, uh, and and they got it. So we're going to bring in Sherrod Blakely. He's also here in Portland because he's an insane person. Yeah, he is. <laughs> How's St. Patrick's in Portland? Uh, you've got your Luck of the Irish paraphernalia, but there was nothing the lucky. There was nothing lucky about this game. Yeah, um, none yeah. at all. Um, so, Sherrod, we'll start with you. You were there. I mean, good contributions. You're down Brogdon. You're still down Rob, obviously. Um, you know, and you you know, there's no Pritchard there as well. But you got good contributions from a lot of people. Bobby will get there, uh, but you got a Cornette game. Yeah, you, you got a Blake game. Not like in terms of him lighting up the box score, but the guy literally has no regard for his physical well being. Uh, he's he's legitimately just throwing his body all over the court right now, which yeah. is honestly good to see. Guy that age and kind of you know, I mean, J- Jalen talked last game about like leadership. And people leading and doing that stuff like that goes a long way. You know, he said the leaders have to lead and we'll get into those comments a little, cause I want to talk about Tatum. Then we're going to talk about Brown as well, but 
Um, seeing guys doing what they're doing, you have Blake throwing himself all over the court, and then the signature play of the game when the Celtics kind of let Portland leak back into it a little bit is Marcus Smart hitting the deck, coming up with that turnover, getting it out to Brown in transition, boom, ball game, uh, and that was the capper there. So nice to see those kind of winning plays moments and, and guys sacrificing for it. But what stood out for you tonight, Sherrod? Well, I just think the the fact that they got so many guys that were able to stay in their roles do the things that got them to the league. Like you, you pointed out Marcus Smart. Um, I thought he had a really good game uh, because he did what Marcus Smart is supposed to do. He drew charges. He caused deflections. He made a couple of, of big shots. Uh, he didn't try to do more than he should. Uh, I think the turnovers still need to get down a little bit because he had four turnovers, but he had, I think he drew like, like four charges. He had four steals. He had six assists, uh, shot efficient from the field, didn't force many shots, if any. Uh, this was a good game for him. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to say much about Lou Cornette uh, other than, um, you know, uh, ooh. <laughs> there goes John. Just, just the word Lou Cornette. Down goes, down goes John. Another one that Luke is dunking on tonight, it looks like. Um, well, this was a good team effort win. I mean, there, there are lots of guys Ow. that stepped in. <laughs> lots of different guys that stepped up for them tonight. And, I, I, and took, it, I took a tumble. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just said the word Luke, and then everything just fell apart. <laughs> like, like my camera was like, I'm out. God. You can't question this Cornette performance. Oh, this was ha- a- no one's going to question it, but we don't want to talk about it in the first four or five minutes. In fact, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I, I can't talk about it before I introduce our, our, our sponsor. <laughs> that was in the contract. Which we were negligent. Uh, no, uh, which we want to bring up again. Uh, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, FanDuel. It's been, uh, you know, just a little bit over a week since uh, Massachusetts legalized sports betting. And for those of you looking to get in on the action, and oh my God, did one of my friends have the worst beat ever tonight? Ever. I'll tell you about that later. It was his birthday, too. And it was oh, it was a, he didn't go all it was, in on Purdue. It was a forty dollar five five way parlay that oh, would man. have won eleven hundred. And the last oh my god, this is so bad! It, it's so bad. It, the the last That's how those go, he hit four legs. The last leg of it that needed to hit was an over under of six point five goals. He took the under. Okay, took the under in a game that was four two. And at the 1959 mark, an empty net goal was scored, costing oh. him costing him a grand on his birthday, no less. But it's not going to be that bad for you guys if you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. I, you'll never suffer anything like that, I guarantee. Uh, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Bet five, get 200 in bonus bets uh, right out of the gate here um, from uh, – from, from our friends here at FanDuel. So make sure you check out uh, that offer and, and please go through that URL, fanduel.com slash Boston. That way they know uh, we sent you. Uh, back to the game. Go for it, guys. And we're not doing Luke yet, but we'll get to Luke. No, this was just a good overall game. Lots of guys stepped in, did their jobs. And that's the thing they need to get back to, doing your job. Stop trying to do more than you're capable, or not capable of, but trying to do more than you should be trying to do. Just do what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, me and Al Horford had a long conversation about that this morning about just, you know, them getting back to being who they are and, and just being consistent with it and trying to be have some semblance of consistency down a stretch at both ends of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they needed a game like this. I thought they flowed well offensively. They missed shots, but they stayed aggressive, particularly mm-hmm. Brown and Tatum, who I thought missed a bunch of makeable looks in this game, but kept that downhill approach. Tatum drew 18 free throws, which stacks up among his most ever in a game. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing how he's able to buoy his scoring with consistent free throws night and night out. That was the story of the win in Minnesota, too, I thought, for him. Yeah, he had 16 attempts in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. He, he just gets to the line at will at, at this point. So he did his job. I think he answered uh, the call in terms of his aggressiveness early. Um, Horford set the tone with a couple of threes early. The offense just flowed, and it sort of set them in this up-and-down game in that first quarter through 18-17 with Portland, um, which I think the Celtics are comfortable in. A couple of teams have tried to race them on this yeah. road trip, and they're able to keep up and shoot ahead eventually once the other team goes cold. And this is a good defensive game, too. The way they've guarded Lloyd, yeah. save for the fourth quarter, um, has been pretty admirable. You know, I would give a lot of that credit to Derek White. Um, I thought he did just a really good job for the first, I say, two plus quarters of not giving, you know, Dame the kind of airspace Dame is used to getting. Yeah. Um, I want to stick on Tatum because we alluded to him aggressive, getting to the free throw line, answering the bell, um, so to speak. Um, But it's definitely a guy who's come under fire and come under question (laughs) just kind of for. The slow starts, the comment the other day about, well, I got I to gotta be better, just kind of, you know, just not looking as into it. He's been, a, he's looked a little lost lately uh, and just not himself. So good to have kind of a get right game, even though he's still struggling uh, tremendously from three. But I'm two for 11. It's, uh, it's another bad one. You look at the just the numbers for the entire <laughs> month, certainly over the last three games. I think it's four for 29 or something over the last three games. It, it's pretty grisly, but we'll get into that. I, I, I don't know that that's going to fix itself. I think he's kind of settled into when he shoots this kind of volume and he's going to take as many pull-up threes as he does. He's about a 35% three-point shooter. That might be normal. Uh, so I, I, people should stop obsessing over those numbers coming up, up, up. In a, in a, in a, in a, in a, if in they a, do, he'll be MVP Tatum. If again. they do, it's great. Exactly. Right. But we're not seeing that. Doesn't matter. Point being is, you know, he's been kind of uh, under fire. Even Sherrod on his uh, A-list podcast with Kwani Lewis and, and, uh, and the Globe's Gary Washburn. I believe Sherrod might have said, quote unquote, Tatum's got to get his shit together. Was it something along those lines? It was something along those lines. Yeah. And, he, he, and he does. Yeah. He does. Because, I mean, if, if if he wasn't as good a player as we know he is, then we wouldn't we wouldn't give a damn. We'd just say, well, you know what? He's just coming back to earth because that's just who he is. But he's not. He is a next-level talent. I mean, you look at all the metrics that he's been stacking up. He's going to go down as one of the greatest Celtics to ever play the game. You look at all the damn records he set. No one is doing this this early in their career. Uh, and so when you have that kind of success, there's expectations. And Tatum lately hasn't been meeting them. That simple. He knows this. Uh, we, we don't have to tell him that. But I, I, I give him credit for trying to figure out ways to still be impactful, even when his shot isn't falling. Uh, and, and Bobby, as you alluded to, the free throws. I think he's only had maybe one other game this year where he had took more free throw attempts than he took tonight. And I don't think he's had a back-to-back stretch all season where he took 34 free throw attempts, which is a lot for anyone. So uh, he's figuring out how to be an impactful player in other ways besides just knocking down shots because right now he's not doing that. And I love the fact that he was actually looking to score closer to the basket early on. Like his first points of the game came from the free throw line. 
And then I think he, he tried to he tried to do some work on, on the elbow and he's got to utilize his gifts in other ways besides three point shots and pull up pull up jumpers. Yeah, and we know he can defend too. Three steals in this game, big yeah. ones too on Lillard. Uh, they've contained him so well, and I thought Tatum played a big role in that as well, uh, alongside White, as you mentioned. So he gave it all to them in this game, aside from the shooting. And this is what he needs to do when he's missing shots. Because, again, we've talked about many of these three-point looks he's putting up. Obviously, you want him to go in. And obviously, you want him to be great shots. But he's also just trying to bend the defense to some degree by threatening mm-hmm. them with the pull-ups. Uh, so if that's freeing other guys, and it did tonight, I thought this was a nice balanced offensive showing from the team as a whole. You want him doing other things to make up for those misses and the steals, the passing, the rebounding, which has been there all year, and definitely the free throw attempts all go into that. This is what they were looking for from him, John. Like He wasn't setting tones early in games it earlier was, in this road trip. Right, and and that's the thing. It was an effort thing. Whether you want to say it or not, an effort, a focus, a tone, an aggression, an urgency, whatever whatever you want to use to describe it. He just looked like he was sleepwalking the last few games. So it's just early in this game. Goes to the free throw lines, second possession, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um gets the cutting layup, couple possessions later, hits a three from Griffin. Like that's a start from Tatum. You don't need him to go off for twenty in the first quarter, but you need him on the board, active and involved early. And showing, setting a tone with his movement, I think, especially. Because when he's moving, then that that frees up other guys. That loosens up that defense. That creates opportunities to not only uh, create more scoring opportunities, but also it puts an added level of stress on the defense, which if you're doing that at the very beginning of the game, it's only going to become more challenging and, and more difficult for them. And that's what you want. Yeah. Um, and uh, as we mentioned, effort, uh, you know, uh, Joe Mazzulla um, did have a comment after the game just in general about the team. I felt like we had that competitive nature again uh, and uh, talked about the Celtics needed to kind of maintain that edge. Sometimes it's as simple as that. I mean, how many things you're, you're willing to excuse how many things if you think uh, they're 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 trying, right? It's, that's but, what it looked like tonight. Yeah, and so that's what it looked like. It's far from perfect, but it was effort getting to the line. And, and working for those points requires uh, effort. A, a getting to the line 18 friggin' times means he was, he, you know, he, and as you said, he's moving without the ball. He was just doing different things. But you could see at both ends there was more, more engagement, more effort. And we talk about it going top down. It has to be Tatum, you know, and, and, and this is what's kind of always driven me nuts with, with the narrative surrounding this team when they struggle. I feel like the it's everyone's quick to, like, look at well Missoula he's, he's overmatched and Marcus has just been brutal and you know this guy this and this guy that's like your stars your stars it's the stars it's the stars and and and, and Brown said it last game we got to lead we got to set the tone people are going to follow what we do that's the most important thing so yeah again they're going to get the accolades they get the trips to the all-star game they, they they do whatever they get they get the big contracts and the endorsements they also get the responsibility so i always look at these guys first anytime we slice up any sort of blame pie when things are going bad are the stars doing as much as they can do you have some situations around the league where it is completely hopeless and you see it like okay this guy needs help this isn't one of those situations here in Boston. They have help. It's a deep roster, okay? There's not. It's not one of those, well, you know, look what I'm surrounded by situations. So I, I do think 
they deserve I, I think Tatum has deserved whatever criticism he's been getting the last you know last few weeks when he's been kind of up and down it comes I mean it absolutely comes with the territory when you are the the clear-cut face of the franchise the best player the guy that when folks are game planning you're at the top of their list every single game yeah absolutely I did think I thought it was interesting though in this game that Matisse Thibault I think most people agree is, agree is their best defender for Portland. He spent a lot more time on Jalen than Jason, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. I thought that was very interesting. I because know. It, it, and, and again, it could be just, you know, Portland just trying to shake things up or it could be, you know, our or, teams, our teams looking at Jalen yeah. as the guy. As a tougher matchup, right. As a tougher matchup. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I wonder how much does that, way into the fact that Tatum has struggled or is that just them simply seeing something as they're breaking down film that leads them to believe that we need to deal with JB yeah. more so than Tatum. It's almost like in football. Sometimes the receiver is the one that gets the, the top corner and the other guy gets double covered. I right. feel like the plan to Tatum is to always kind of blitz him there at the point of attack when he gets it and get him, you know, get him to dribble out further from the basket mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and kind of whatever. And you're right. You might, because Jalen attacks so quickly and aggressively and more decisively, you might need the guy who can just stay in front of him a little bit longer. So I can understand that a little bit. But it is interesting and from Portland's point of view, they're like, JB's the guy we got to stop. If that's what they're thinking, that's a different thinking than a lot of teams go for. But it also just might be how you go about defending them. You pick your poison, you know, uh, on how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, um, you know, Portland's coach, Chauncey Billups, he's familiar with that. I mean, he played for a Pistons team where even though he got a lot of the praise and accolades, it was Richard Hamilton who actually led them in scoring damn near every year. Um, But defenses – they struggled in how to how to match up with them. And I think defenses are 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 really struggling to figure out how best to attack JB and, and, and Tatum. Because even though Tatum's scoring more points, JB is a load. Uh he's he's a he causes problems uh because he's so aggressive. And and the thing about JB, and we've talked about this before, you know, his his basement isn't that deep. Like when he's bad, he's not really that bad. Uh, and when he's good, uh, he's he's top five, top ten type player. Tatum, I think, has more obviously that, more runway. More, there's more variance in Tatum's game, right. uh, I, I think, too, where the the good and the bad. And again, you know, going back to it, I, I tweeted this a while back. Uh, caused a little bit of a no, I wouldn't say a stir, but went back and forth with some people on it. Like Tatum's lows are really low, and he might have more lows than a lot of stars. Um, where he the, those games where he completely disappears or is almost a zero offensively. So the variance in his game is a bit higher than Brown, who is consistently kind of the same sort of guy. So you know, one feels a little bit more dependable. But you look at Tatum, there's just a bunch of games and a bunch of nights where you look at it and you're like. He shot less than 35% from the floor tonight. He just can't find it right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. a lot of that, a lot of that are the games where he doesn't do what he did tonight, which is try to get his way to the basket. You have plenty of games this year where the three's not falling, but you look at it and he had 12, 14 uh, free throw attempts, which meant he was trying to get, you know, to get places and he did, you know, and that helped his overall scoring and his overall output because he did get to the line when he's not getting to the line and he has these cold shooting games, man, it's just bad. It's so important. He does yeah. that. And we used to complain about that lack of 
free throw attempts and driving and aggression from him. Now he puts his head down and gets in that lane and consistently gets those calls. And and statistically, seen- the biggest difference, if you look again across the board at most of Tatum's stats, I know the scoring is up, but so are the shot attempts. And so is scoring around the league. The most significant uh, statistical difference between this year and last is the free throws attempts. He's shooting Eight almost free throw attempts. two and a half more per game than he was last last season. That's the big difference in his game right now. It's a big difference. And he also, statistically, that's what adds to his, uh, his true shooting percentage being a little bit higher, too. Those more attempts at the line, which overall creates more efficiency for him. So if he's not getting to the line, he's not trying to get to the line, and he's struggling with some of this stuff, because, again, that variance, the pull-ups, we've talked about the numbers, Bob. Bobby, he's legit the worst pull-up shooter, pull-up volume pull-up shooter in the NBA. I and mean, it the, continues. The absolute worst, and it continues, you know? Yeah, I can't understand it. Did you see him grabbing the left wrist again early in this game? I feel like that's like a tennis racket thing, you yeah. know? Like you hit a shot out of bounds and you go to the strings. But, but it's, I don't think it's bothering him in a way that, like... I just I, don't I, get the three-point yeah. shooting, though. Yeah. He's a great shooter, and I know he entered this league with some inconsistency and some mechanical stuff that uh, made people question him being a great player in this league, that three-point shot, but you look at his output throughout his career, he's he's been great with that shot, and for some reason this year, especially on the pull-ups, as you mentioned, John, it, it's just not there, and I, I, I can understand a lot of stuff that's going on with this team this year, good and bad. This is the one that continues to baffle me. I, I don't get it. He's been generally inconsistent with that shot throughout his career. Um, so I get the ups and downs. But him settling in this month at like 30, 31% from three on the high volume, I it's it's got to be the quality of the shots because I don't think it's anything physical. I don't think it's anything with his approach. I think he's just taking tough shots. And that's where I... Again, I'm explaining kind of how Joe looks at it, the shots he's taking. I wish they'd get him the easier looks again that yeah, we and saw again, earlier This in the comment year. kind of says it here. What if Tatum's listening to Joe too much? One, this lets Tatum off the hook a little bit. But two, we've talked about this being a thing where you do wonder whether or not the players – want to do what Joe wants him to do by, you know, jacking the amount of threes that they, they do or, or, or not. I, I can't really tell. I, I know, J- I know, I know Jalen seems to be not sure. I'm, I'm not sure with Tatum. Well, he's definitely following that, that instruction for sure. You're seeing him just pull up again and again and again in these spots. I think, he, I think he's late. doing it. I think he sees every opportunity to shoot it. And again, you're talking a guy who averages nine for the year. I mean, nine, nine a game for the season. I mean, he's up over 10 for this month. 11, 8, 10, 14, 10, 17 his last few games. I mean, just jacking threes right now. So uh, it's he's definitely he's definitely doing it. I mean, that's his mentality. I mean, just he's going to shoot his way out of this thing. And, and I, I get it because when you're an elite scorer like that, I, I, I'm just, that's the mentality you have. But uh, he's got to continue to find ways to help this team win games. That has to he, – he's got to put all that other stuff aside and just keep doing that because think about it. They're only 7-5 and five since the All-Star break. I mean, that's – you were the best team in the NBA for most of the season, and you're a couple games over 500 – since the break, you as the best player in this team have to do a better job of positioning yourself in this team to win games. Uh, 
it's not like it's not like you're getting smoked out there. I mean, how, damn near every game they've lost, they had a double digit lead at some point. Yeah. So clearly, there's something that you're not doing to finish things off. So get back to doing that. And the points they're gonna, there's, he's too good to chase points. Points are gonna come his way by simply playing this game. Some of his triple doubles have been in low scoring games for him. So you're right. You want him making a wide impact on a game across the board. And probably that's going to be limiting turnovers too. I felt like when they slipped in this game, it was because they turned the ball over. Not a great night either for Smart in that capacity, though. I thought he was better. But Tatum and Smart essentially took the entire playmaking load with Brogdon out, uh, with, um, you know, Jalen still kind of playing in that post role playing ahead of the offense more often than not. Uh, so Tatum, Smart, both took on larger playmaking roles tonight. I thought they did a pretty good job with it. White played well, um, but I didn't notice him out there a ton, really, in this one. Not, like, off, offensively, offensively, not much. He, he wasn't yeah. doing a lot. Yeah, no. and then Horford just <laughs> Horford just kept getting the ball to guys, and they kept making shots, and he ends up with 10 assists. So. Uh, yeah, I, think I saw that. Was How first... friggin' bananas is that? Out of nowhere, it's like Horford had a tennis like, game. Third quarter, you... every time he passed it, a guy was making yeah. a shot. <laughs> the thing about it, though, Al was on pace to have a pretty phenomenal game from the jump. He had like eight points in like four minutes or something yeah. ridiculous. He's been like so that. good, and then he hits that one at the end to cap it off. He does the celebration. No, yeah. he was great. He was great and limited minutes, which is nice. I, I'm still guessing he sits tomorrow because that's what he's been doing all season with the back-to-back. But I was give think- Luke Cornett the start. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, I was thinking a little bit. I was, <laughs> I was thinking. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Move it along. Move it along. You didn't have fun watching Cornett tonight. No, with so much fun. So much and... fun. So much fun. We're going to talk about it. Luke. Yep, we're going to get to Luke in a minute. We're also going to talk about. And I'm not sure whether everyone read the article or not. Uh, Jalen Brown gave an article in the New York Times uh, recently. And Sharad, did you get a chance to look at it? I did not. Okay. Well, well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, read a couple of clips here. Um, I I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I don't know how anybody could have read this article in this interview and feel really, really, really good about Jalen's desire to remain in Boston. Uh, I'm not saying he's made up his mind and he's leaving, but there wasn't a lot of warm, fuzzy stuff about Boston in there at all. Um, And so, again, his words, not mine. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. First, we want to tell you, uh, once again, about our sponsor here. Massachusetts, listen up. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is now live in Massachusetts. New customers in mass can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, all you need to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Once again, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and much, much more. I've already myself downloaded the app. It's super easy to do and super easy to use. Uh, It's safe. It's secure. So please don't miss out on your chance, as I said, to cash in on $200 in bonus bets, which you get win or lose. Once again, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more on America's number one sports book. Once again, that's FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Now, you must be 21 or older and present in Massachusetts to take part. 
you must deposit first dollars initially and your bonus is issued non-withdrawable bonus bet which expires in 14 days once you make a five dollar wager restrictions do apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com if you have a gambling problem hope is here go to gambling ma.org once again gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Guys, we're talking about Jalen. I'll get to that in a little bit because I don't want to go there yet. Um, But uh, let's go around the horn here. Uh, Your short players, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get players who aren't playing as much getting in there now. And you've seen now Grant get into a couple of games after uh, his last DNPCD. Uh, and obviously the Luke Cornett game tonight, which again we'll talk about. Luke, you're being hey Sherrod, you're being accosted. <laughs> Who's that? All good. It's my guy Aaron. Aaron. Um. So uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Grant. Uh, is he doing more for you guys? I think so. A little I bit. He's so. inching his way back into. He's Here's not, the problem. He's so not much... there yet, but is he inching in a little bit closer to like? He's out there more usable. Grant, I know he's out there, but part of it's been necessity. Yeah. Right, and that's and, and to me, he he has to become reliable, consistent. This is what we're going to get from Grant when he gets on the floor. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's there yet because I thought in this game I thought they were you know within I don't know five seconds of him getting in the game he had a foul. Uh, he got somehow switched out on, on Lillard, which is a bad matchup for him in every sense of the word. Uh, he has to continue to do the little things. I talk again. I talked in my conversation with Al this morning. We talked about that, uh, about just how you know when you're when you're a player in this league and you're struggling, you have to go back to the fundamentals, the things that got you to the league. Grant is never going to be a guy that's going to play above the rim, grab 15, 20 rebounds, shoot, you know, 80 percent from three point range. He's a hustler. He's got to be scrappy. He's got to be getting the loose balls. He's got to defend. And when you look at that Minnesota game, that that was like the blueprint for how he's got to play. You've got to make some game-altering significant plays when your number is called. Uh, That jump ball was a big one. The rebound, another big one. Those are the kind of things that Grant has to do consistently when he gets on the floor. Uh, I didn't think he did as good a job in this game as he did in Minnesota, in part because, you know, this game he had a little bit – there was a little more wiggle room to work with. Uh, and they had a little bit more control of things, but uh, he's progressing in the right direction. I'll say that. Yeah, he had little to contribute in the last couple of weeks because of the fact that he wasn't playing. And when he was out there, he couldn't get shots off. So to see him get six threes off in this one's a big deal. Uh, seeing him hit two is encouraging. Seeing him in positive minutes is a good thing. Though when he shoots, it's hard for me, and I know we've – question the injury at times john but it's hard for me to think he's healthy seeing how he's shooting we know he's a better shooter than this and he is missing a ton of shots falls below 40 percent for the season tonight he had held on above that threshold for a little while so i love him gutting it out i see him making big plays in crunch time against minnesota and that encourages me the jump ball i think was as i said uh, on Wednesday, a nice bounce back opposite of the missed free throws in Cleveland. So seeing him reestablish his confidence, seeing him get minutes over a guy like Mike Mascala, I, I love to see. And seeing him allow them to play more versatile defensively is good for this team, I think. Tonight, again, a good defensive win to me. 
Like this, I, they were showing the graphic Celtics fourth in defense. That's wavered, especially this month. Uh, but you see when Grant's out there and they have their defensive personnel out there and Cornette's able to play the drop off the bench and Horford's out there making things happen inside. They can be a great defensive team. Even Smart tonight, I felt, made some big defensive plays. So Grant's part of their defensive identity. Yeah. Great to see him out there. I did want to hit minutes. on Smart because Smart's another guy who's been in the tank just in terms of the way he's been playing and the way they've been playing with him to the point that basically everybody's decided that he's – uh, he should play less than everybody else, less than Brogdon, less than White. Those guys should be closing. Uh, but the last couple of games when they've needed it, he's made winning plays. Uh, and tonight he had a more well-rounded game start to finish where he was doing kind of more normal Marcus Smart things, distributing the basketball a little bit better, being extremely selective with his shots um, you know, more so, uh, you know, a good shooting night, five of eight, three of six, 15 points, plus 15. He was a plus 20 something heading into that final stretch and it whittled down when Portland kind of cut into that lead. Um, but he, he, he was outstanding tonight. Like you, this was, this was a good Marcus game and you kind of needed a good Marcus four steals. This is a good Marcus game. Like that, that yeah. you, you wanted to see one of these. You, you, we haven't seen one of these in a bit. Yeah. When, when he goes through those stretches where he's just not very good, you need to play this video of this game yep. to remind him of this is what we need you to be for us to win. If you're the Celtics, um, I, I love everything about his game. I mean, other than the turnovers, I thought that, you know, uh, yeah, a couple of those were ill-advised plays that he was trying to make, but for the most part, he played within himself. He didn't try to do too much. He tried to do what Marcus Smart does well. And sometimes I think he forgets that. Uh, sometimes I think he gets it in his head that he's got to do more than what Marcus Smart is capable of doing or should be doing. And that's when he gets into trouble. Uh, but this was just a really smart, smart game for him. Yeah, yeah he, he can't turn the ball over. That's when you'll know he's back. I think he sat at 2.5 turnovers a game before this recent stretch. He's up closer to three uh, because of this spurt of them. And I think some of that's dis- decision-making and rhythm. I know he's hurting. I don't think that plays a ton into turnovers. That's why I hate to see Damon Stoudemire go because I think he's a guy who got on him about those and really helped reduce them. And uh, now he's been gone for two games. So I would like to see those start to fall back toward two again in the coming weeks here. But seeing him get back to himself, seeing him tack the rim like he did tonight, I saw him grimacing at one point into a timeout, and then he comes right back out and hits one of those acrobatic lefty layups. So he's... He's great at playing through whatever he's playing through right now. I know he tweaked it a couple of times in Minnesota, it looked like, in that game and uh, against Portland in the Boston game as well. So tonight's another night. Brogdon's down, Pritchard's down, JD can't play. So he's got to be out there, and he played through whatever he's going through, and he did a great job with it tonight. So they needed him in this spot, and he really came through, which is uh, great to see. And this is why Joe trusts them. This is why I still think they got to roll with them. Every time he plays poorly, people freak out. The crunch time decision's still real. And again tonight, it slips a little bit there in the fourth quarter. You slow down, Lillard puts his head down. All of a sudden, it's a single-digit game they got to tighten up in that spot. They got to find the right combinations in those spots. Portland didn't really threaten them tonight. 
But in those spots, during this road trip, during this month, they've consistently slipped up a little bit with big it's leads. Again, it's, it says a lot that they're able to build them, but it's a, a problem that they it, can't It is them. legitimately just like anybody who watches NFL, this weird prevent defense approach when, you know, and everybody knows it's the worst thing that you can do. All it does is prevent you from winning. You go into this slow down mode that they always go into. Killing uh, clock? It, yeah, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work and you're taking the ball out of people's hands and you're just putting it in your in your best players hands and they're slowing it down and they're waiting and they're setting up and it just you stop doing everything that you did that built you that lead in the first place they, they have to stop doing that again there was enough pad tonight and they made enough plays in that in those last few minutes the smart steel being one of them we talked about earlier um to not have it be an issue, but smart doesn't come up with that ball. That, that possession ends up in a Portland three instead. And all of a sudden you're talking about a two possession game and things could get really hairy at that point with a couple of minutes left. So it just, you just can't, you just can't do that. Yeah. And they, they got to the line a bunch and that helped them generate points throughout that Blazers run, uh, which was probably the most impressive thing about the fourth quarter for them tonight. And that steal came in that same sequence there. So, uh, again, you didn't face a great team here tonight, so I don't know how much you can take from it on any front. An injured team at that, though the Celtics came in with injuries too. I'm excited to see Utah. I'm excited to see Sacramento, two teams that I think pose problems for the Celtics with rim protection in Utah's case. And uh, Sacramento's offense just putting pressure on everybody. I mean, they look like a team that can beat anyone round one right now. So those are going to be two more exciting games than this one tonight. You just had to take care of business in this one, getting Brogdon some rest, it looks like. Is that, is that all that was tonight, Sherrod, you think? It tonight? sounds like that's kind of all that went all right, on good. with that. So I, I anticipate he'll be back. Uh, you know, and I, I think part of the thinking is just figuring out ways to split him and Al up so that you're yeah. not missing them both on the same night. Well, Al, for that matter, did uh, say, uh, and again, had a, had a really good game tonight and those 10 assists, just shocking. But he did say um, that when asked about it, there's a possibility he plays tomorrow. Now, that could be BS. He because again, well, he's, he said he put that out there when I talked to him this morning, too. Yeah. So he's, so he's he's doubling down on that. So I wonder, because, again, you can't say, like, nah, you know, because, I mean, again, the NBA is watching out for that sort of stuff. you, you got to make it look good a little bit. It can't yeah. be obvious, you oh. know. That's I like think for- calling in ahead with a sick day, like, five days from now to your employer. <laughs> like, like uh, you no, know. I, I think when I was talking with Al this morning about it, I, I got the impression that he wanted it to be clear that, you know, when he – sits out those back-to-backs it's not because he's like hurting or sore or anything like that it's just that there's strategy behind that it's it's load management but that i think he's getting to the point where maybe they're going to throw him out there back to back and just to see what that looks like i personally think it's a horrible idea i don't think it makes sense because what you've done right now has worked so well for so long there's really no incentive to try to 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 change it up, especially when you're talking about a non – this isn't like Milwaukee in a back-to-back or Philly or a team that you really need to beat in order to, you know, solidify your, your position. I mean, it's Utah. I mean, yeah. if you beat them, great. And if you don't, well, tip your hat to Will Hardy and, and, and hope that they get to the playoffs. The I mean, Hardy Bowl. I, w- yep. I wouldn't even hate resting Tatum tomorrow. Sneak I wouldn't it, either. Sneak it in. 
You know, this game, as far as games down the stretch Especially goes, all that time you got before the Sacramento game. You're right, Bobby. Yeah. That'd be a great time to do it. You got a game on Philadelphia right now. Yeah, I know, I, but it's not really a game. It's you're zero in the loss column, you know? It's you're, it's a game, but you both have 22 losses. I know, losses. but if you're balancing those two things, John, this is about as meaningless as a, I, a game. I get it. I'm a, rest, I'm a rest guy, but you, you, you really don't want to fall to three. You really you don't. don't. No. <laughs> You don't, because you've got one round of home court at but that you, point. But you're going to play Philadelphia in April. That's probably going to be a game that decides that. Uh, so once you get there, you it's get hard there, to say just how take care goes. of business. But I think yeah. it, it, it's hard. It's it, hard. Well, the other thing, too, is you, you've got to Tatum to be on board with that. And then the way, you know, we talked about this morning, we talked to him about the hip. Well, he was on the report today, so that kind of might yeah. signal something, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, he, he made it very clear that, you know, when you play 60, 70 some games – Everyone has got something that they're dealing with, and he's no different in that regard. And so to me, that's a guy that if I'm not hurt, I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. And if, if he feels that he's just got some just seasonal soreness that he's dealing with, he's going to play. Even if he doesn't play well, he's going to be out there playing. Yeah. Well, who knows how much fatigue might play into that shooting, too. Right. So, yeah, sneak yeah. it in let's, if you can find it here. Let's get into – Bobby, you can have your cornet minute. Go ahead. Well, this was great what he gave them tonight. It was. You're talking a Horford to Luke Elliott. <laughs> well, no. We'll, we'll give Bobby the first one. Oh. <laughs> Cornette Cam. This is great. I thought he had a nice contest in the corner at one point. The alley-oop, obviously. Uh, contesting shots in the lane. If you can play him, play I just wanted him. to eat something, Bobby. That's why I went away. If you can play him in a game... You should play him because the guy's going to do positive things. And you know what I love tonight, Sherrod? He looked to dunk. He looked to finish twice inside. I thought those were two of his weaker areas earlier in the season. Well, the, see the, him come off the, ice and play this great? Awesome. I don't the, think they play him enough. I really don't. Stop. Stop. I was with you right up until that. See, Bobby, you do that every time. You always take it too far. <laughs> Just one step too far. Um, he got I, an and one dunk, throwing it down on Lloyd. Come on. And he and it, it, the thing about it, when you look at the replay of that, if they slow it down, he was absolutely lining Dame up for that. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he knew that's what that was about to go down. And so uh, what people didn't see, the play before that led, was a Celtics turnover, and it looked like Dame may have given him a little nudge from behind. When they um, that, tried throwing it to him in the lane. Yeah, yeah, and there was no call there. So uh, maybe that was a little little cornet payback there. But Luke had a great game. I mean, there's no getting around that. I, I, he looked like someone who can help you win a game. Um, I, I thought that – and I, the other thing too, Bobby, I'm surprised you didn't even say this. It looked like they were running action for Luke. Like that little dive. in the pocket. Smart, yeah. yeah. That was a great play. And what people – I don't know if people realize this, but after he did it the first time and got the dunk – they ran almost the same play, and Portland reacted. But the way Portland reacted was they gave Tatum more space on the perimeter to operate because they didn't want Luke to beat them at the basket. And so Tatum just able to do what Tatum does. And so that that's Luke's value to me at the absolute peak, the ability to be someone that the defense actually recognizes. Because after he had the, that one dunk where he just, just dove to the basket for the dunk, Portland's defense had to acknowledge that he was on the floor. And I think there have been too many games this year where Luke takes himself out of place. 
All right, I want to talk about our next partner here on The Garden Report, and that is Athletic Greens. It's a product I started taking literally every day since AG started working with us here at The Garden Report. I use it because I want everything that AG has to offer, better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. I didn't want to chase a bunch of pills and vitamins. I just wanted to have one supplement that did it all for me. And that's exactly what Athletic Greens does. So what exactly is it? What are you doing when you're taking Athletic Greens or AG1? You are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins and minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens that help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports, as I mentioned, gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, uh, all those good things. So again, get into AG1 right now. It's lifestyle friendly. It's diet friendly, no matter what you're on right now. Uh, Paleo, Uh, gluten-free, vegan, dairy-free. It really doesn't matter. AG1 fits with your diet. It only has, actually has less than one gram of sugar. Uh, It's a highly endorsed product, over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts. And AG1 is the supplement for you. So again, uh, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens and us here at The Garden Report are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com garden. Again, that's athleticgreens.com garden to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It took, he, us four, it took us 40 minutes, too, but the offensive rebounding tonight was incredible. Yeah. And, you know, he plays a role in that, too. Griffin worked hard on the boards. Those two came in and made an impact on the offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, too, in Blake's case, yeah. when they needed it. Because Horford hit foul trouble early, and these two come in, and they're ultra-reliable. They're playing a tough matchup inside against the Nurkic, and, you know, they're putting in work in there. And I know Cornette's... Not going to be able to play in a lot of different matchups. Uh, the drop is where he needs to be. And you have a game recently, I think it was that Houston game, where he's out there and they're shooting threes, three in a row over him in that drop. And the Cornette contest, the percentage is dropping, John. The effectiveness <laughs> it's not real. The effectiveness is decreasing. So there are games you can't play Cornette in. But in the games you can, you should play him and play him often because he does so much good stuff. His screening's on point. His passing's solid. And he's going to keep balls alive around the rim and contest a bunch of shots around the rim. Uh, and so, don't forget about Sam Hauser. I mean, Sam had four offensive rebounds. And Sam, I think does a, his his ability to keep balls alive, I think, is really underrated. Really underrated. Sam put in work. And you, you group those two together because they came up through Maine last year. They're two guys they found effectively on the street in the G League in Cornette's case and as an undrafted guy in Hauser's case. And they've both been – Steady. Is that a good way to describe it, John, for you all year? Steady for you pretty much all year. No. Also, Corn- no, I'm not Cornette and Hauser? Uh, you know, I mean. Steady How- guys. Hauser gives you what you want, but not consistently enough. Cornette is sometimes just a necessity based off of whatever personnel that they have. And he has acquitted himself well in some occasions and others he's been unplayable and you had to, you know, you'd give him a short stint and you had to take him off the court. So again, 
there's limitations. Otherwise, he'd be a different guy and he'd be signing and he wouldn't be on, you know, hanging out on the street and playing in Maine and this and that. You know, there's a reason why. Uh, but he has done as much as you could expect Luke Cornett to do for you and been a guy that they can play and get away with playing. And it's worked for them at times. But again, I, I, I always I'm not trying to rain on the parade. Just got to be cautious about lobbying for more minutes in this and that when you get away with your cornet minutes and the games where you play him and then you have a game like this where he plays really well that's a big big plus bonus you don't reward him with more you're just happy that you got this one because real it's got regression to the mean is coming and the next game is probably not going to be this good otherwise he'd be a big out there making 10 12 14 million dollars and somebody would be you know he he's not he's not that guy but he's been good he's been good at times for the Celtics. Can we, can we, can we agree there? Can we uh, go yeah, there? I like it. Sounds okay. good for me. All right. Um, so I do want to move to this article and I'm going to put like 45,000 disclaimers on it <laughs> regarding Jalen Brown, only because this, I know there's going to be a bunch of people who won't read it at all. Uh, and will think this is, you know, Oh, here we go. And there'll be a bunch of people who read it and be like, I, I don't see that. This isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about, you're looking for signs on whether or not somebody feels is happy here, is comfortable here, wants to continue here. Jalen Brown's been pretty vague about it throughout. Everyone wants to kind of feel good that, like, he's definitely coming back, right? Sure, he's coming back. And say things along the lines of, like, oh, you know, why would he want to leave? He's here with Tatum. They can win in X, Y, and Z. I think there's more to what Jalen Brown wants out of life and out of his basketball career than, than, than what people are kind of assuming that is. And again, Sherrod, if you did get a chance to read it, I want your, before I kind of go piece by piece, your comments, my general takeaway here is there wasn't anything in this article that made you feel that he was absolutely set and pleased with the overall situation in Boston, both as a city. I didn't really crap on the basketball side of things, but he's not gushing about it either. But certainly his comments about Boston and what it's like being a, a black athlete in Boston, his experiences and whether he's seeing any improvements um, makes you think that he's not super, super set on, on, on being here in the long run. Well, I don't, I don't think he is. I think he's open-minded to the process. I think yeah. when the time comes, he's going to look at all options and everything. Gonna, and, everything. And, and to be frank with you, he should. I mean, this is this is a young man who has a, an approach to this game that's unique for most players. It's not about one or two things. It's a multitude of things that he's going to weigh and consider. And the thing is, none of us really know what his pecking order or preferences are. Uh, if it's winning and being in the best situation to do that, then it, it's a pretty – easy no-brainer type of situation with what he has if he's looking for a, a city that has a more cultural diverse uh, aspect blueprint to it he may look to go out somewhere else uh, but the one thing we do know that's not going to be a factor is the money he's going to get the money wherever he, wherever goes. he goes and so that's the one thing that you can just kind of take off the the, the plate of considerations, but Jalen is going to do what, he, what is going to make the most sense for him. Because when you look at the way he has just gone about his entire career, there's been a clear, undeniable thought process that went into it. I mean, think about it. He was one of the best basketball players in the country coming out of high school and he goes to Cal. 
uh, which at the time was, was it's not a basketball power or mech or anything like that. But there were certain things that that institution had that he gravitated towards that made that the right place for him to be at that time. It's going to be the same thing when he comes time to make a decision on whether he stays in Boston or goes somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I always like listening to Jalen on these things, and there's obviously quite a few interesting passages in here about his experience in Boston. And I don't don't love the fact that for whatever reason, I feel like Jalen feels the need to be a little more guarded and vague, I think, and sometimes how he describes things, um, whether that's for fear of criticism or whatever it might be. I thought he kind of didn't dive deep into a ton in here, particularly his future in Boston. The Tatum question, he left kind of up in the air, same yeah. as it's always been. And then, of course, um, I don't think he really dove into specifics about ways he's been kind of boxed out business-wise in the city, which is honestly, if we're looking for signs about discomfort in Boston, the the most concerning thing you're looking at. Well, I mean, time. look, it, that that's that's one that jumps out off the page. I mean, didn't me. he mention he had trouble getting a house in yeah, this, too? A, a multiple experiences as an athlete, yeah. as a basketball player, a regular civilian, start a business trying to do things in the community. There's not a lot of room for people of color, black entrepreneurs, to come in and start business. My experience there has not been as fluid as I would have liked. Uh, even as an athlete, you would think that you get a certain amount of influence to be able to have experience, to be able to have some things, doors open easy, but even with me being who I am, trying to start a business, trying to buy a house, trying to do certain yeah, things, I mean, right there, you're running, like, in, you're I know running so- into adversity. So, I mean, he's telling you right now he's running into racist roadblocks, yeah. trying to be trying to do things, even despite the fact that he has tremendous profile stature and a great deal of respect from a huge swath of the Celtics fan base and of the people of Boston. And I think, honestly, like around you know, I mean, more cities than just Boston in terms of who he is uh, and still is running into issues here uh, that and him saying it's 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 not as good as I would have thought by now. A lot of the things he alluded to is I'm not seeing the change I thought I would see. I'm not seeing the progress, the progression. I'm not seeing I've been working at it and I've been working in this community and I'm still seeing this stuff. And that that definitely has to make you wonder um, you know, whether or not this is a place that he wants to continue to call home. Yeah. And, and I, I, but again, the, the, the thing that I keep coming back to with that, with all the stuff we're talking about and all the stuff that he's saying is that there's a certain amount of thought that's going to go into his final decision that I don't know if most athletes think about. Um, I think they typically, is it a cool city? Am I getting paid? That's it. Uh, are they a good team? But Jalen, clearly there are other factors that come into play that he's going to weigh. And only Jalen knows how much stock to put in, in those factors. Yeah. Um, but, some, but again, some of the issues that you're talking about, John, um, are issues that whether it's Boston or, you know, 15, 20 other NBA cities, you, he's probably going to run into similar issues. Sure. And, so, and, I, and I think that's part of the this whole conversation that I think sometimes uh, – doesn't necessarily get the attention that it should, that these are issues that aren't just Boston centric yeah. issues. Um, they're much, they have much deeper, much wider tentacles uh, across this, this, this country than just one city. And, and uh, I, 
he talked about that too, just in terms of whether or not things have improved just with, with some of the attention given to policing. And he said, no, not at all. Like deep systemic problem talked about education is something he's talked about a great deal uh, about, you know, just uh, the resources being given in urban communities. And that continues to be uh, an issue, not improvement there. And that's nationwide, not, uh, not Boston. So that is fair. The other stuff, you know, just leaving that because you're right, Sherrod, these are problems that could be multiple places. But let's just focus it on things pertaining to the Celtics in general. Right. And these were the other these were the other couple of questions that were asked. And it's kind of like, OK, great. Like, what's your relationship? You and Tatum have played your entire careers. What how would you describe your relationship today? Now, what do you want to hear him say? I love this guy, man. We've been together, and we're going to stay together until we win a you championship. You think there's some fatigue in that that's question? What you, in there is, but that's it. what you want to hear. But an answer like this, I would say the same as it's always been. You know, two guys who work really hard, who care about winning. We come out are extremely competitive. People probably still don't think it'll work out, but for the most part, it's been rarefied air. He's asked about a relationship and he's talking about that they're both good basketball players who work hard. Like I'd have to you have to try really hard or really dislike somebody to not be able to say one thing that makes you think that you like that person. You know, it's a really it's not that hard. Sherrod, like, if I asked if I asked you what you think of John, what would you say? The best. Yeah. He'd say <laughs> it's the same as it's been. He's a hard worker. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine you ask Sherrod, what do you think of John? He's like, he's a hard worker. I think about him about the same as I've always thought about him. Uh, and I know a lot of people out there probably think, you know, we're not going to work out together. But I don't know. Who knows? It's rarefied air. Who knows? Yeah. I, but I, I think, Bobby, I think it goes back to your earlier comment about just fatigue. Because yeah. he's been asked that question a million times. Fair. And, and, and I just – I don't know if I would give you just your the expected answer that you're looking for. Yeah, he doesn't would, want to feed into it. And this yeah, is what totally. I'm talking about. He doesn't want to give it there's, up. There's a lot about this interview that's very political, like, you know, political in terms of his answers, guarded, held back. I wish he dove deeper into the Boston stuff. I know Soap Sherrod, and Ryan I, into a Sherrod, lot am I grumpy? But... Tell them. No. That's, that's <laughs> like, the funny part. You, like he's, like, never grumpy. grumpy guy in the world. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Same as it's always been. Same, just rarefied air. Oh, man. That needs to be on the. Oh, damn it! This episode is brought to you by Etsy. You know when you think you know all about someone, and then they completely surprise you in the best way possible. That's like Etsy. You've probably thought of Etsy as the place for beautifully made items from independent sellers. Etsy is also where you can find an inspiring style selection and home decor for every room. We're not just talking niche stuff here. Etsy has everything from statement pieces like rugs and sofas to daily staples like outerwear and accessories. You can outfit your home and upgrade your wardrobe all in one place. Etsy has it for you, for all budgets, for any occasion. New to Etsy? Use code NEW for 10% off your first purchase. That's code NEW. Maximum discount value of $50. Offer ends June 30th, 2023. See terms at etsy.com slash terms. Etsy has it. Shop etsy.com. Yeah. What do you say? I, I'm trying to think of what Tatum always says when he gets the answer to the question. It's, it's, it's very similar. Like, 
Yeah, we've we've been here together with each other for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> like they love saying that. Yeah, um, right. there was another one here with the um, you know asked about um, um, Kanye, and uh, yeah, that and was his, a problem. <laughs> this that yay. was yeah, 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 yeah. Which part in particular, Sharon? Well, just just the whole, uh, you know, Jalen, when he initially commented on that, he didn't really know exactly where Kanye was in his spiel. Uh, And when he found out, it was like, oh, okay, we need to cut the, we need to cut ties like now. Uh, And he did. Uh, So that, that was one where Jalen, he just needed to pause for another second or two, get a little bit of research understand what you're being asked about and then respond. Um, But, you know, for a guy that young who has been as comfortable tackling subjects that most young guys aren't, uh, he's due for misstep every now and then. Uh, And that was definitely one that he had. And and I I thought he did a good job of just cleaning that up when he could. Yeah, no, but that was fine. But we asked about the Kanye influence, and he said, you know, kind of like he supported some things that you were outspoken against, you know, uh, politically or whatever. And, um, you know, and he said basically along the lines of, uh, well, I don't have to agree with everything everybody says. Um, I don't think the same as he, he just said outright. I don't think the same as Celtics owners Steve Pagliuca and Wick Rousebeck on a lot of different issues. Um, I was like, but that doesn't mean we can't come together and win a championship. I don't know why, you know, those guys, you know, caught a little, uh, you know, shrapnel there on the drive-by. Yeah, because uh, you're just like, just, oh. whoa, hey, what happened? I wasn't even in the picture here. I wasn't even in the frame. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but. You just gave you, me $100 million. What yeah, did they do? just got He just buzzed the tower there, you know, like kind of like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Uh, so, again, it wasn't. Nothing here is damning. Some of the stuff is stuff he's talked about before. But as you said, a little bit of fatigue. Some of the stuff is vague. Some of the stuff is not, you know, doesn't want to be cornered or pigeonholed with a particular answer or committing to one thing or another. But then again, I don't really understand why I give the interview if you're not willing to say stuff. But again, none of it was like, of course I want to be here. Of course I this, of course I that. You're looking for those assurances as you're going to enter a contract year and you're not getting them uh, in a, in a forum like this, which is fine, but you're not getting them like from people close to him, people talking to him. No one has a good sense. What were you going to say, Sherrod? John, if if there's one thing that, that Kyrie Irving has taught us all is those commitments are absolutely worthless. Uh, And I think Jalen, who, as we know, uh, and he's talked about this before. Him and Kyrie get along so much better now that they're not teammates. I think one of the understandings that he has learned from Kyrie is you don't show your hand. This is a this is a business, uh, and you need to play your cards close to the vest. And I think that's what Jalen's doing. Uh, I think he has a pretty good idea of what he wants to do with his future going forward, but he's not going to let the world know about that just yet because he doesn't have to. I'd, I'd be stunned if he didn't sign a $300 million deal. And I'd be concerned, of course, at that point. I think if he passed up a Supermax, you would have to move to trade him. If he gets a Supermax, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, Bobby. Here's the thing that I think we, we sometimes lose sight of. And I, I go back to when Bill Russell played for the Celtics. Bill Russell didn't have any issues, really, with the Celtics. It was the fan base. It was the people in the community that yeah, were Yeah, and he mentions the fan base and in this, too. And when you listen to Jalen talk, it's very similar. 
So I'm, I would be more concerned if Jalen were talking about roster issues and, and decisions made by, by, by management and things like that, that would be concerning because those are things that you can't easily address. Uh, those are things that you can, or I should say, Jaylen, from Jalen's perspective, you could easily distance yourself from uh, with no problem and people would understand why. Uh, so I think ultimately as long as that is in good shape, like the money's right and they're putting the right pieces in place around him and the basketball side of things with the Celtics is in solid, formidable shape. I, I don't think he's going to have a major, major problem staying in Boston. That NBA is so key, though, because they can't reasonably extend him this summer without it because of the 20% rule. And that is something they're looking to change in this next CBA. 20% raises on your deal. Not enough to keep a guy like him uh, around in Boston when he would make more, even going to another team, I think, in free agency. But if he does sneak into that All-NBA team, and I think he should have a good chance at doing that. I'm just – I am so confused with this process, Sherrod, in terms of how they pick positions and who fits where. To me, he's a forward. I think he fits in cleanly at forward. At guard, he probably has no chance. And for some reason, everyone I'm seeing posting their team seems to think he's a guard because they're leaving him out. Well, they yeah, I mean that they they list him as a guard, which I, again I, I'm not I've never really understood that. Basketball I mean, I, Reference has him at sixty percent forward this year. <laughs> That's just okay. It you know what it all goes back to double big. You guys and your double big insistence. Oh, turn they J- put him at guard. Yeah. Turn Jalen into a guard, you friggin' animals, and you guys did this, okay? You guys have to have your two bigs out there because defense, and you made Jalen a guard, and you and you and you cost him all NBA, and you drove him out of town. Congratulations, okay? They need yeah. Brown, and I watching him this last couple of weeks makes me all the more convinced of that. Love the comments in Minnesota you sent, John, about the leadership and him trying to provide that. I think it's the exact same thing we saw in the finals in terms of his sense of urgency, physicality, and compete level. I think he got into a little, you know, scrap confrontation in that game too, and that you know you don't even see guys doing that on the Celtics as much. Like there is just sort of this forcefulness to his game that no one else on the roster plays with that they need. And especially in the big moments, he seems to come through on both ends and rise to the competition level out there. And sometimes it looks like he's waiting for guys, particularly Tatum, uh, to match that level. And it doesn't always happen in tandem. It does sometimes. We've seen these 30-30 games from those two where it's like fire and ice. We haven't seen many of those lately. And and they got to get back to that sink. they got to get back to – that urgency that they've talked about in terms of playing off each other and succeeding together. Uh, they got to be connected. They got to pass to each other. They got to both, I think, really lock in on doing all the little things we talked about at the beginning of the show. Because, listen, this is the best duo in the league at this point. We used to have that debate. I think it's pretty clear now that they're that, that number one pair. And you got to try as hard as you can to keep them together for a long time. And, I don't like in terms of the reporting you've talked about, John, like I don't get the 
sense that there's a, a strong assuredness he's going to stay, particularly if he gets the free there's agency. Not, how scary that, that, that how not. scary will that be if he gets the free and, agency? And there wouldn't be either, even if he said flowery things. So n- n- neither one is a certainty. All I'm saying is, you see, you see these. You know, we know that nobody knows, and then you read something like this where he's flat out saying, "There's quite a few things I don't really love about being here." That adds a layer that's all the uncertainty is there because one he has a choice he has every right to exercise it he'd be silly not to so you have to just roll with it you can't do anything but wait and hope but that's going to leave you in a brutal position if he just walks you know and if you're caught i think that could be the beginning the end of tatum you're you're toast it's this is franchise altering completely reset if that happens, because you're nowhere without both of them or without moving one of the two for some close to equivalent parts. But if one of the two left you with Jalen being the first one who has an option for nothing, you're toast. You're this toast. Is why we talked about so that's why we, that's summer. why there's concern, not because, oh, we read an interview and I know for certain he's leaving. That's not the point. There's uncertainty in this things like this create more uncertainty and more uneasiness as you're going to head into a contract year with no assurances and really no, no, no idea whether or not he, he wants to be here because again, he doesn't have to, he's going to get paid. He can go anywhere he wants. Um, so, you know, and there's a lot of other things. He doesn't get supermaxed here. You've also got the, you know, the millionaire tax and other reasons where the money you're going to get here isn't necessarily going to be that much better than what you can get anywhere else. He can walk, go Look make his you money. Did, the millionaire tax. <laughs> it's it, it's in play for some people. It's certainly a consideration when you're when you're stacking dollars. But you're not. You don't have that huge without the All NBA. You don't have that massive competitive advantage, which means it's really just where do I want to go next? And yeah. and 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 that's 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 a little scary if you're a Celtics fan. What do you think's gonna happen, John? I don't know. I really don't know. If I if I had to bet, I bet. I I I'd bet more leave than stay, but I don't feel strongly. And and not and neither would surprise me. How about you, Sherrod? Um, I if I had to put if I had to go with FanDuel uh, and, and and put some money on this one, I would say he's going to stay. Um, I think I, he I, takes I, the money. I mean, I, I there's the money part, but I, I think there's a part of Jalen that enjoys the challenge. I'm assuming of, no All NBA. I'm saying where it's equal. Oh. Okay, but he all can in, make all NBA. All next NBA, year too. all NBA, he stays. I think. I, I think okay. it's more likely because yeah. because the bag is so much bigger. Yeah, because okay. because also agents are telling people get that deal and then demand out if you don't want to be there anymore. Like, yeah. don't don't pass that one up. And that you're buys gonna, you some more time. You're gonna right. get. If he's staying. He's taking that deal if he can get it. I mean, if he didn't get all in NBA, and, okay. And the, that that's what I'm looking at. That's yeah, because I because I yeah. I, then it becomes I think more of a coin toss. If it's almost happens. a coin toss in my mind. Too. Yeah. Back to that All NBA discussion though. He is rolling right now. Thirty points a game in the seven coming into this. I don't know how he could not be an All NBA at this point. To be honest with you, I mean, if 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 he can just finish out these last eleven or so games playing close to the level he's at now. That injury was a killer, for sure, knocking those couple games Yeah, out. but you know what? If, if they're able to, to, to stabilize themselves and keep that number two seed, and, and he's going to be a big part of that, 
It's very close, Sharon. I did that. We did this before. We did the math, and you look at it. There's almost 11 or 12 automatics before you even start to think of Jalen, and he's in a class with a lot of other people, like you know, that are close. So it is not. You can make a case for him over any of the other remaining people, but it's not a slam dunk. You, if you do click it's hard down the to list, fit him in as a guard. If you do click down the list, you're 10 and 11 deep, easy. Uh, you're 11 deep without blinking, if not 12. And, and and you're looking at maybe three spots there on that third team as a guard or a forward. That's really tricky. And again, other really good players uh, there too. I still think he absolutely can. And you know, I think he has as good or better a chance than than than, than a lot. But it's 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 not a lock. It's not a lock. Yeah. I don't see room for him at guard. Forward though should be wide open for him. I like give me him over Kawhi. Give me him over Butler. Give me him over even Randall, I think. That one's close, though, because Randall really has carried heavy, heavy weight for the Knicks. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Anyway, this is a thing that's there. It's not going anywhere. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, something that's going to kind of be on Celtics fans' minds uh, as things go on. So, yes, absolutely. Root for Jalen Brown to make all NBA. That makes all of, all of your problems and all of your worries go away uh and uh and you know that's probably best for for everyone here again let everybody know here uh one more time about our uh terrific uh, and exclusive wagering partner FanDuel. If you're interested in getting in on some of the legal sports betting action that you can uh, take part in now in Massachusetts, please go ahead and sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, take advantage of that terrific deal. 200 bucks in bonus bets when you make your first $5 wager. Uh, really good opportunity. I to won give one that today. Uh, look at a boy, Bobby. Miami over uh, Drake. Miami was yep. down. I jumped in on them. A uh, couple, couple quick quotes. One of the same. Missoula uh, urged for the Celtics to get back to the way they were playing. This is from Marcus Smart. Hol- just constantly holding us accountable, doing all the little things, not getting bored with the little things. And you guys kept mentioning little things, by the way. Constantly uh, making every play and making the right play. That's from Marcus. And then Al followed up. Missoula challenged us to be better as a group, be more focused, really get back to who we are. Uh, the group has, or we've responded, Al said. So we we're talking about Joe needing to get a little bit tough and stop telling people that they played well and, um, and, and, you know, just shots didn't fall and X, Y, and Z. You actually saw it a little bit in his post game comments uh, recently, uh, him starting to say, I'm, I am questioning effort and focus and things like that. So good on him for, you know, kind of putting on the mean face a little bit and and, and getting into those guys because sometimes they do need the little kick in the butt and need to hear it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that both Joe did it and both that they're actually praising that he did it and responding to it rather than getting all, you know, kind of upset about it. And, you know, again, they said they wanted to be coached hard last year, so you got a coach that coached them hard. You have to believe that they still want it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we don't see it as much just because – they're just a different kind of team under Joe than they were under Eme. But uh, th- th- that desire to have a coach that can push those buttons and maybe more important, push them. Uh, they need that. They know that. By the yeah. end of the day, they know that. Yeah. Yeah, and you see the way they play. I know we worry about the threes. I worry about the threes. Uh, but they have a analytical model that 
and a, obviously a personnel base that gives them a real leg up on most teams. And that's why they're building these double-digit leads every night, uh, paying attention to the margins that Joe wants them to pay attention to. And when they're not turning the ball over as much, or at least they're winning that battle, when they're drawing the free throws, and when they're um, you know shooting at the level they can, um, they're going to beat most teams on those nights. So... That's why the margins got really important. I think it was that Houston game, John, where he said the rebounding pissed him off. Yeah, I think that was the real bad night on the board. So he, everything they, began with the Brooklyn uh, Tatum uh, birthday game. I think yeah. that's where Joe started to get started to get annoyed with these guys. Yeah, because of their approach and their focus to those details, yeah. and, and the fact, yeah, you could tell he was like, "Well, look at tonight." I, you were gone for a second when we mentioned it, John. The <laughs> offensive rebounding tonight. Just sensational. Yeah. And that shows more than anything the effort they played with tonight. Yeah, yeah, that one stretch where they grabbed like six in a row. I think it ended up with a Blake bucket or something. Yeah, um, yeah that was great. Um, anyway, good stuff, guys. Thanks for hanging out. It was fun um, late into the night. Happy birthday to my girls, uh, Rose and Zoe, turning five. They're five. They've turned five. Oh, clock boy. Is midnight. Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. So happy birthday, girls! Fun times. Happy birthday to my uh, my pal Josh Krinsman. Who uh, my birthday's coming up in a couple weeks. It was uh, we were out hanging out for a little bit tonight. Um, you know, uh, prior to the game tipping off. Uh, happy birthday, Josh, as well. St. Patrick's Day. His birthday's on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Wow. Which happy birthday to Danny Age. On St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Him I think and, Blake. Uh, Blake's birthday was a day or two. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier as well. Really. Yeah, T Rose. Yeah, we can. We can. We, are you going to Utah? You can visit. Uh, you can. You can. Wish I am. Dan, wish Danny a happy birthday in person. I am. You I are am. you, you like? Are you lined up to talk to him? No, but I'm going to find a way. <laughs> I'm going to find a way. That is going to be the big reunion, huh? I can't wait to see all those. Stories. I love Danny. Yeah, love that, Danny. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, all right, guys. Again, thank you guys for hanging out, watching late into the evening. Uh, back tomorrow night with another show. Celtics are in. Utah taking on the Jazz. Um, I think the majority of us will be here, potentially Joe Sway as well, so we'll see you guys. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. 